Back at it again, Christopher. Boy, howdy. We're right back at it. Boy, howdy. We are on a big round number called 90. Ooh, number 90. 90. So I question myself when I give these numbers out, right? Because if we're going by actual number of episodes, we're actually at 91. Well. That's a secret. Don't tell anyone. I noticed something, too, the other day. When when I play it in my truck, it says 66, period, and then episode 91. One or whatever. It does. So we got to mess with the numbering there on uh, on the old pod bean. Yeah, that might be because I forgot to delete a number at one point on one episode. Because yeah. it'll automatically number the episode uh, for in like the advanced, and I always delete that number every time. So it might just be that one. I don't know. I'll have to look at that. But we're back. Uh, we are. So this week... Uh, oh, here's another recap too. So last week we had the little Snarf musical medley. Yeah, and that was a that was a great episode. Was it? I really enjoyed it. I didn't I, listen I, to it. A back. lot of other people have liked it as well. Okay, good. They they said you were reminiscent of Casey Kasem. Well, yes, I was getting there. I was getting there, but I I should have planned that a little better and set it up that way. Um, but I didn't really think about any of that until like later on in the episode. Um. But I forgot two songs that we've done. Yeah. Poor Alex. And I feel bad. Yeah. I cut Alex short. And then uh, what was, and then I think Dude was on another one, or was it just us? I don't know. What Um, was the other one? Well, I'm not going to say. Because we're going to release these at some point in the near future, and you guys will be able to hear them. um, Because I felt bad. I need to apologize that I forgot those two songs because they're some good ones well <laughs> there's some real good ones you are an awful human being so that's yeah i why. have been for a long time and it's something i need to try to get over you know yeah i just just have a lot of hate in me right you know i just want to put that on others you know i think that's the right thing to do <laughs> jeez chris well i wanted to say real quick i want to shout out big thank you to a bunch of listeners and people that have reached out to me to offer condolences and all kinds of things. Obviously, um, as many of you know, my father passed away last weekend. Um, and it just really felt good to get some people reaching out, you know, from the snarf community Absolutely. to kind of give me support. So we're not going to talk a lot about it this week. Maybe someday in the future we'll delve more into, sure. into that. But, um, I want to say thank you, and for this week, we're just going to kind of try and get back to normal, and I know I missed a week last week, um, which is obviously understandable, but still, it's hard to miss a week. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but I think you had a pass there, Christopher. I don't think you need to feel bad at all, because as we can see, I am more than capable to hold this entire show up on my own little shoulders. I was a little worried, because... (laughs) It was a really good episode, and I'm like, oh, man. See, when I listened to it back, I did not think it flowed very well, but I, other people told me it did, so that's all I'm going to go off of. Yeah, there you go. Um, this week, same old, same old, we got some news. Um, I got a few little news things. You got any news? Or? I got a couple things. Yeah, we didn't have a ton of time to prepare for this week either, uh, just because it's been busy and crazy. So um, we, I'm sure we have plenty that we can. And then we got a little what you're watching. Yeah. Um, I did have a spring stretcher, and, now, and I didn't write it down, and I'm trying to remember what it is now. Oh, I remember. It's a weather-related spring stretcher again. Okay. Um, 
I don't like it, or let's say it stretches my springs, when I wake up in the morning, I get up pretty early to go to work. And recently, the sun hasn't been coming up as quite as early as it has been in the past, and it's going down a lot earlier. Yeah, not a lot earlier. But, but it is. It's just noticeable to me. But what I'm not digging is the fact that I like it cool in the morning, and it's been relatively cool this week. About like I left this morning, it was 52. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I like that. I don't like it, though, when it's 52 in the morning and like 87 in the afternoon. Yeah, that's really tough because you don't me. know how to dress. I have no idea how to dress myself on a normal basis, let alone when the weather changes gears like that. I'm only comfortable if the weather will change maybe 10 degrees a day. Other than that, I want to murder it. Yeah. Because I don't think it should have a 30-degree swing. And I mean, I don't appreciate it. If only Jerry, you had to, I mean, it, the weather is kind of not a great thing for stretching your springs because it it stretches the hell out of my springs. You just have absolutely no control over it whatsoever. You know, it's nothing that anybody has any control over, but I don't have any control over anyone else that stretches my springs. Like the whole, like the original spring stretcher for me was crushing a water bottle when you drink it. Yeah. But you mean those people are heathens, Yeah, but people have control. So you have a reason to like, because if you put it out in the world, maybe you can like stop that. Oh no! Behavior. You know what it did? It increased it around <laughs> me all the time. No, it just increased you noticing it around you, probably. No, it increased the amount of people that said, "Hey, Jerry," and would crush bottles in front of me. <laughs> well, and, I'm gonna tell you what. Um, there's nothing you can do about that weather, and it's just gonna I get know. darker earlier. It can still stretch my springs. Okay, fine. That I like it being nice and cool. If it didn't get over 60 degrees in a day, I would be happy. Oh, yeah, me too. I think that is the best weather. Yeah, for sure. Fall weather all year long. Yes, I would do that. Didn't we have a conversation once about how we, we are more like we enjoy the weather that Illinois has more now as we're older than we did as a like... Like younger people. We didn't have that conversation, but I don't know if that's true or not. No, we had a conversation where you were like, you didn't mind. You you had brought it up and you said you didn't mind like wintertime anymore. And I never did. I love winter. It's my favorite season. Is it really? Yeah. No kidding. I didn't know that. I like the cold. Huh. It like matches, that cold? It matches the depths of my soul. <laughs> well, you're right there and your eyes. Yeah. Very cold. Hollow eyes. Exactly. Yeah. No, I like uh I like cold weather. I like when it's like darker early. I don't mind that. I actually I don't care for that part of it. If but if it would like... stop, I mean it's really annoying when it's like basically dark at four thirty. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's right. really annoying. If we could go with the daylight hours of the summer, but the you know, I mean when I say I like winter. I mean, I, that doesn't mean I necessarily like it when it's negative 10 degrees. Sure. But the majority of winter, you know, when it's in the 30s and 40s, you know, I don't mind that. I you like know, it. when the neg- mag- magnetic poles of the earth flip, we may have that. Why? What do you mean? Oh, it's happening right now. They're going to flip, yeah, but we might have what? We may have that type of weather. You think if they flip, it's going to significantly impact our weather? I think it'll be like a bizarro the, world. The, the world isn't flipping over. I know. How is the magnetic pole slipping? How does that work? Why is that happening? I have no idea. I'd have to look into it and do a little more research. I just know it's a thing. There's and a bunch of like changing. little elves 
with that big magnet, and they just like, man, we're going outside. Well, they crank. They have this big crank that moves the magnets because there's one on each side of the Earth. So you've got your southern hemisphere elves and your northern hemisphere elves. They do not get along. So getting them to crank in unison has been an issue, and this is why it takes so long for the magnetic field to flip. It's because they're always in constant battle with each other. But it only flips once it's cranked, or does it slowly move around? It's slowly moving around So, <laughs> as they crank. Okay, so then the magnetic pull is different every, every year? It's just constantly creeping. <laughs> just a little bit. I think that's so really if- the case. But not the elves part, but um, that it's moving. I, I looked I it up re- once. I really... Don't know anything about that. Really? I I would have figured you would have known all about it. Um, is the you've already got field these switching? You've, you've got so many obscure facts about things. So north on your compass will be south. I think so. Dogs and cats living together. Right. Socks on your hands and the gloves Earth's on your feet. Magnetic field flips every few hundred thousand years or so on average, which means magnetic north becomes magnetic south and vice versa. Mm-hmm. The planet does not actually turn upside down. This, this, the new research suggests this chain can ha- change can happen up to ten times faster than previously thought. Hmm. So where are we at in that transition? Um, well, I think it doesn't shift; it just reverses. Um, it no, you're, I'm wrong. Past paleomagnetic studies have shown that the magnet. And there's a field of study. Like, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I'm a paleomagnetologist. <laughs> Paleomagnetologist. Yeah, I can do it. It's I a think. real narrow field of study. I mean, I just gave you the basis of what they study. Studies have elves. shown that the magnetic field could change direction up to one degree a year, but the latest studies suggest that movements of up to 10 degrees annually are possible. That's based on detailed computer simulations of the outer core made of nickel and iron, um, some 1,740 miles below the Earth's surface, which controls our magnetic field. I see. So something happens down there in With the, the middle. The elves. Yeah. Their elves are in the middle. Oh, there's middle elves. Middle, yes, there's middle elves. Um, we have a very incomplete knowledge of our magnetic field prior to 400 years ago. No shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's rapid changes in the liquid core. That's crazy. Wow. So, so uh, other a than changing right your compass direction, other than change <laughs> widening out a little N and an S, I mean, what is it really? Well, I know, but if it's 10 degrees off, it could really send you in the wrong direction if you're shooting an azimuth out in the woods. I guess, but everybody's using GPS now, so. I don't know. I like them old compasses. Um, changes in our planet's magnetic field leaves traces in sediment, lava flows, and even human-made objects, um, though some educated guesswork is still required. I tell you what, when it's the end of the world and it's like doomsday and we're all living out in the woods on our own, you better get yourself a compass. It just sounds to me like this isn't something that's just going to happen, like magnetic field change. Well, it's a few hundred thousand years, so (laughs) we don't know where we're at in that few hundred thousand years. And they say the same thing about that super volcano. Oh, Uh, there's compasses inside of smartphones. That's how they do it. No way. Apparently. It's the old school magnetic compass inside of a smartphone? Yeah, it just spins around in there. It's like Not not true. That's what this says. Earth's magnetic field not only helps us get from A to B with a compass, or compass, if you're of the intelligent breed, (laughs) from a compass or a smartphone. It also keeps us protected from weathering effects of space and solar radiation. Aha. 
weathering effects. You See? may not realize it, but the magnetic poles are always wandering about. Hmm. It's vital for the reconfiguring of satellites and dealing in, with changes in radiation exposure. I thought that was the ozone. Um, I don't know. I don't think the ozone is a thing anymore. I mean, we still have an ozone yeah, layer. but I think there was like a hole and it was a big deal. There was and now a hole. it's not there anymore. Aliens got in that hole. It's proven. I don't know what happened when that hole opened, but... It's Stargate. Apparently, that's maybe where the COVID came down. <laughs> I guarantee you it snuck into it that. It rained COVID through the ozone hole. <laughs> <laughs> Along with aliens and bugs. Speaking of COVID, um, school's starting here next week. Isn't that crazy? It's supposed to be. <laughs> a, There's a, a couple. One today already canceled it for the whole semester yeah, in, last, our, in our area. Last night, a school up in up by the Joliet area canceled. They were planning to go back on Monday. Everything was set to go. And last night, the administration called all the teachers and said, oh, no, it's canceled. Why? Why do you think they did that? <sighs> Scared. I don't, I don't know. They don't. They don't want to deal with it. I really still feel like I give it two weeks. I know. I hate being pessimistic and, um, you know, being negative about things. But I am on this aspect because I just really do not believe it's going to make it even three weeks. Yeah, it's really not. We're all gonna have them sent home, and I don't know how my kids are going to learn. <laughs> I don't. They're not. They don't pick up anything from our. It's really weird because it's pretty much like the only thing that's not happening. Like we went out to school supply shopping yeah. today. By the way, don't do that. Like oh, no. school because there's does nothing that. left. Yeah, I'm sure there isn't. <laughs> so we got school supplies and we went out to eat at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is great because there's like four tables in the. Restaurant. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. There's not more than that, but there's not that many. Yeah. They're all like spread out. I didn't even think about it. They have that outside. I didn't even think about it when we went. That is the first time that we've been out to eat with a restaurant with our kids since like March. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one other time we went and sat outside. Oh, no. There has been a couple times we went out for lunch and sat outside. But this is the first time we've sat inside in a restaurant with our kids and not. I don't know. Like what happened was, and and we're not hardcore COVID scared people. Right. It's just like for the first three months when stuff was closed, we just got out of the habit of it. Yeah. And I think everybody really did. And you don't really think about that much. You don't think about it as much, but I took uh, two of the boys out for lunch last Saturday. And that, now that you say that, I didn't think of it at the time. Um, but that was probably the first time I've been outside like to dinner or lunch or whatever with my kids since then as well. I don't know of a time that I've taken them anywhere. And that's strange. It didn't feel any different. We walked in, ordered with a mask on, and then when you get to the table, take it off and sit there, which doesn't make any sense in the slightest to me. You ordered before you sat down? It was Culver's, so. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. No, I mean, we really haven't been anywhere. That was the first time I've been to Walmart since any of this. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, no, I my wife has of, gone, but I haven't gone to Walmart. I do a lot of grocery shopping, so, because I like it. Yeah, well, anyway, 
I don't know. But school's starting. We're going to see how it goes. I don't have high hopes, but I hope to have high hopes. Uh, I do, too. I really do hope that it, it continues on the rest of the year and they can push it through. I've heard that the administration and our school that we will be going to has said they are not going to close the school down unless the state forces them to. Oh, well, that's really great to hear, especially since every like medical organization out there is advocating for schools to be open. I know. <laughs> it's insane. Like, it's going to do more damage to children, especially vulnerable children, Yeah, and especially children with learning disabilities, to keep them closed than it will ever do to open them up. Right. I, I get it. I'm on that side of the fence myself. I think it's fine to send I just, them to school. Here's what I understand. All these schools that are, like, a bunch of them are like, oh, we're going to delay two weeks, or we're going to delay a month, or we're, the first semester, you know, we're, we're going to do e-learning. It's like, what's your what, end game here? Yeah, what does that change? And wh wh What do you think is going to be different? In two weeks? In two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Or a and month, or two months. As if a, a cure, you know, or a, what's it called? Um, vaccination. Yeah, as if in a, a vaccination would be ready and available for everyone to take before you can come to school. Yeah, I mean that's going to happen not gonna next happen. spring if it even happens. Maybe right. by maybe by winter, maybe that would be best case scenario. An untested vaccine, sure. Yeah, or a, a minimally tested vaccine comes out by winter. And listen, I'm I'm a pro vaccine guy. Absolutely. Like if somebody down the street, walking down the street, just like handed me a mm -hmm. syringe, they're like, "This is a new vaccine I made." I'd be like, "Stick You'd it like, in." Absolutely, stick put it, it right in here. <laughs> put it in Get my. Get it arm. in. Me. I don't care. <laughs> I want that vaccination. I don't know where all this uh, the crazy fear of vaccines came from, but it's really, it's you know the moms mind. that are scared of that stuff. Fear, man. Fear mongering is a real thing. Fear is the mind killer. It is. What is that from? Is that from Dune? It is. It's from Dune. There's more to that quote. Yeah, I like that. I this. must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. That's the quote. Oh, that's it? No, there's more. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Wow. I think Mark Bernardin quotes that all the time. Dude, Dune is the best. It is so good. And a new one's coming. <laughs> supposed to be coming out in November. Um, we will see how that all works. But I cannot wait. I have to see this movie. It, it needs to be good. It needs to be good. It'll be good. The original director of the the first movie that they put out of Dune in the 80s, isn't it early 80s that that came out? That um, movie? I don't know, sometime in the 80s. Was it David Lynch? Yes, it was David Lynch, but it, maybe it wasn't David Lynch that said this. It must have been a producer. Somebody involved with the very first movie came out and said that this new movie will never work. Dune as a story will never work in, in a movie, and everyone might as well try to, to like quit trying to make it. Well, it worked well as a series. It did work well as a series, and I think it's going to continue to work well as a series and a movie. I don't know about a movie. I kind of agree with that to a certain extent, 
So it's got to be multiple. I mean, it has to be, right? It can't be. You cannot encaps, encapsulate like all of that story in one movie. I you think can't you could do it. do it in a trilogy, though. If, Yeah, in a trilogy, I think you could, depending on how many of the books you're going to pull from. I'm just the one book. I think you could do. Oh, a you're just doing. You just want to do the one book in three movies. Yeah. Okay. Although you could probably do it. Yeah, you. Could I mean, do that. They, I think you could do it in two. They did the Lord of the Rings. I mean, how many Lord of the Rings books are there? Forty-three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how many books there are. I don't think that there was that many. Was there? I don't remember. But six. You know, they they did a Harry Potter movie in a book it in one movie. They did, and they left a lot out though. That's the problem. I don't know. I think there's like the Lord of the Rings is like three books, three books, three movies. Yeah, the Hobbit, four books if you include the Hobbit. Right, but I don't. But the Hobbit is the smallest book, and they made that into like three movies, or was it two movies? Two. two. They did two movies. Well, anyway. I don't know. I'm not a movie maker, but either way, I'm excited for it. And Denny Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. He's uh, Canadian. He's something. Is he French-Canadian? No, I made that up. I think he's straight up French. French. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. For some reason, I thought he was like Spanish or something. All Francais. I don't know ethnicities. It just sounds like it. Villeneuve. Maybe he's Argentinian. Canadian French film director. <laughs> so he is French Canadian. Okay. Good. Okay. That's out of the way. Uh I'm gonna go on to the news. Chris. All right, let's do some news. DC has came out and said that they are going to start restructuring the company. They have fired. Not just like release because of COVID. Straight up canned them. Uh and like 18 different high-end executives okay, and people that are in charge of creating things. I didn't get any other names. It, they were read to me on a podcast, and I didn't write them down or look them up. But it was a lot of people, and it was pretty significant um, that they cut that many people out. And they've also said they kept Jim Lee. Jim Lee's still in the same position. He's been in for a while. Uh, but they are also cutting up to 25% of their book runs. Really? Their lowest, like, 25% sellers axed. Quarter of their books. I mean, they have a lot of books. If you go into a comic book store, it's like one entire wall of the comic book store. It's all DC. I mean, it's a huge company. and I think if you lost 25%, it probably wouldn't, you know. I'm not saying they won't. They will come back, and they'll bring a bit... In and out and that kind of thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, the number is big when you say 25%, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's that big of a deal for I mean, a company like this to do something like this. They've had a restructuring many times. There's like 360 monthly lines. Batman books, so if they cut like... I know. <laughs> yeah, they could cut a few of their Batman books out of the run. But what I honestly think they're going to do, and this was never said, but it just seems to me that they're... They're going to go more towards the digital side of things than physical copies of books. Because to be honest, like right now, do kids read physical comic books? No way. Not a chance. Do they walk into a store to go pick up a physical copy of a comic book? I don't even know what a store is. No. (laughs) Yeah. We just covered that. 
But uh, especially a comic book store. No, kids are not doing that in the slightest. And the only way to catch their attention is through some sort of electronic device. Yeah. They're going to read a book on a iPad or Kindle or whatever they have, computer. They'll read a book there, but they're not going to read a physical copy when you hand it to them. They're going to be like, what is this? I think you'll still, there'll still be a lot of people that'll read trade paperbacks. Um, the whole just, trade. Yeah. It's just, do you need to go so, to the store to get that? When this you is why I think, Amazon? right. This is why I think the graphic novel portion of comic book sales is going to take over the monthly version of. I'm sure it already has. You think it is? Yeah, probably. Like the monthly run of comic books, I think, is seeing, like coming to the end of its days. Could be. It'll it, come back. It goes up, goes down. But it, it'll stay digital. You're going to have them digital. But you're not. I don't think you're going to have physical copies of the book anymore. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's kind of good for the industry in a way because, I mean, I hate. I mean, I like. I, I like the physical comics. They're amazing, but the reality is, if it costs a buck to print a book, yeah, you know, right. You're getting rid of how many? You're getting rid of a dollar. You know, dollars. a dollar a book. A lot, it's a lot of money. The problem I've always had with digital, it costs the same. It costs the same as a physical book. And lots of times you get a digital copy if you buy that physical book. So you do, but so, but in the end of the day, a, a digital copy, as long as you can keep it saved correctly, never goes bad. Right. Yeah. Whereas the physical books, you have to keep in good condition; otherwise, you'll never see it again. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that'll make them more valuable as collectibles? I don't think they will have any value. No. A digital book? No, no, no. I mean physical books because they're always oh oh, yeah yes i do think they will go up in value when they do cut out making them because i I would i would venture to guess to say the vast majority of comic book issue sales are to collectors Hmm. yeah not to readers i agree that makes that would make sense to me because that's that's kind of what the medium is now right is is a collection rather than people actually reading, I think. Because I think the majority of people don't know how to read. <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows how to read anymore. Well, I will say, I, if uh, for me, I, I don't really read digitally. I would um, if I could bring myself to pay the money to do See, it. See, I do. That's how I read them. Um, I basically read everything digitally now. And it's sad. I have a lot of books that I still want to read at home that are the physical copy, but um, I don't know. It's just so much easier to pull it up on a computer or whatever you're doing right then and there. Let me ask you this. If you, what would you be more willing to do or would you read more comics if instead of uh, $2.99, what does a digital issue cost? A buck ninety nine, two ninety nine, something. Depends like that. on what you're buying. Okay. It could be up to five dollars. Sometimes they're cheap because you get a sale going on like yeah. a certain run. But those are back issues. See, this is another thing where digital is just gold mine for comic books because you can go on there and charge all this money for these back issues mm-hmm. that nobody would ever read otherwise. I mean basically. Right. But you can find them a lot easier there too. Yeah and they can put them on sale for ninety nine cents. What do they care? They mm-hmm. already own the IP. As soon as you can search one like one thing you're interested in, a character you're interested in, and all those copies are going to pop up. Whereas if you're in a physical store, 
they may not actually have any of those books. Right. They're only going to have what they order. So you would never even know they exist. So would you prefer that model or paying? So right now we both have DC Unlimited, which gets you a ton of books, especially all that old stuff free. And you get the DC app. And what do we pay? Six bucks, five bucks a month? Yeah. Um, For not much longer, though. Yeah. Because that's going to the wayside. You think so? Oh, I know that. I mean, they've, they've okay, but they're still going to have it that that subscription model for the comics. So, would you be more likely to buy individual episode, uh, issues or pay, say, ten bucks a month for all DC comics, all of them? Um, yeah, I think I would. I would be willing to pay ten bucks a month for all of them. I think, but maybe not. Because then you'd have to pay ten bucks a month to Marvel no, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no matter what. No, I guess I'm gonna take that back. I, I, I wouldn't. I'd rather be. I'd rather be buying what I want to buy. Yeah. You know, rather than just throwing money away every month when I may not read that month, I may not read anything for two months. I may not read for six months. Right. But then you might go and buy four issues of Batman at two ninety nine a piece that one month. So. Well, right, but in that one month, four issues at two ninety nine a piece. What? How many months is that that I pay for? Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't it's know. Just, I, don't know I, I think, think it'll probably that. all go subscription based at some point. I mean, it already kind of is, but not really. That's my always had that bitch with comicology, uh, because it'll give you like two issues, and then it'll want you to pay for the rest for the unlimited for unlimited. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so uh, keeping with DC, they've got a, it's called DC Fandome that's going to happen on August 22nd. Yeah, so Saturday, weekend, Saturday. Uh, it's happening and there's going, it's basically a Comic-Con. They're having a big Comic-Con just for DC stuff. Kind of like Disney has, uh, what's it called? D23? Something like that. Um, they have their own big Comic-Con. Nobody else is doing it. So DC decided to have a big event. They have panels where people are being interviewed. Uh, DC's releasing a lot of stuff on movies and whatnot. Um, apparently there are some big releases that are going to happen at this event. What they are, I don't know. I know one of them. I think I know one of them as well. Okay, go ahead. Is it? Does it involve Batman? Yes. And Ben Affleck? Oh, yeah, I have that one written down too, but oh. I got another one too. Yeah, so... Uh, a one Ben Affleck will reply reprise his role as Batman in the upcoming Flash movie with Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton's in it as well. Yeah, so this has all been confirmed. Yeah, so clearly it's like they're doing Flashpoint. We already know that. Yep. So there's going to be kind of alternate, uh, alternate universe universes. Yeah. So a multiverse. Of, a multiverse. Yeah. Of, of madness. I was going to say of madness as well, but I, I stopped. Yeah, so do you so, think he's going to have a big role or he's just going to be like a little role here? Well, what I read is that he's going to have a bigger role than what you would expect because Affleck's Batman has already connected with Ezra Miller's Flash. They've already been involved with each other and they said that the whole like Ezra Miller losing his mother and obviously Batman not having a mom and seeing her killed... They're going to have a connection in that way. Hopefully it's not the same as the Martha Martha you know, deal with Batman and Superman. In, uh, was that in Justice League? or No, that was in Man of, uh, Batman v. Superman. Yeah, Batman v. 
Superman. Uh, that was something. Hopefully it's not to that point, but they said there's going to be a, an emotional connection between uh, Batman and the Flash, and it's going to drive most of the story. I'm betting you, I'm betting you anything Ben Affleck's Batman dies. I bet you it, he does too. Absolutely, because I, another article that I had read about this said that Affleck's Batman didn't get the send-off he deserved, and I think that's what they'll do. They'll do something where you won't ever see him again, where he gets trapped in the speed force or is lost to time travel, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. in a different dimension than what he should be, where Ezra's character would come back to, because they're obviously in the same timeline now. And he's going to jump timelines and Batman will have to do something with that and get lost. Yeah. So he won't necessarily be dead. But So are they going to reset then? You think they're going to reset the whole DC universe? So they're, like, so they're saying that the DC universe is going to be based off of this multiverse now. So, I mean, are they changing other characters like Wonder Woman? And- I, it hasn't said. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe we'll find out on Saturday. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 is still happening, and I don't believe there's any tie to... I mean, it's 1984, so of course there wouldn't be any tie to Flash yet, but um, never know. Yeah, You never know, but I'm very intrigued on this. Well, I am too, and there's another bit of news that came out of... is going to be released, mm-hmm. and it's the trailer for the new Arkham Batman game. Oh, there's a new Arkham game? There is, apparently. I just found out about it. Um, but they and they have released some details. Um, the main one being, is it gonna is it coming out on the new platforms? The, I would I would assume, um, because you know this fall Xbox. After a year of X-series. teases, WB appears to be getting ready to finally announce what looks to be a new Batman game that will pit the Cape Crusader against some of his most powerful and recently invented foes, the Court of Owls. The Court of Owls game details to follow at DC Fandom on Saturday, and then they go into in depth about the Court of Owls is, which we can do without reading it because it is the crime, uh, shadowy crime syndicate of rich Gothamites that has persisted through the centuries of Gotham in the underbelly of Gotham, Mm -hmm. um, kind of in the background directing. All everything that happens, yeah, basically orchestrating what happens in Gotham with the whole like crime universe and political schemes, like everything that goes on. The Court of Owls has been involved with because all the big wigs are in the Court of Owls. It's yeah. kind of like the Skull and Bones thing. That yeah, our presidents are always involved with, <laughs> or the uh, Illuminati. Definitely, it's more like the Illuminati. You're right, and they have these enforcers called Talons. Yes, and they're basically like a robot. Batman's. They're not robots. Yeah, they are. They're people. I know, but they got like a robot face. Um, I don't. Wasn't their mask like they have like goggles and very steampunky? (laughs) Yeah, very steampunky. Because if there's anything involved with steampunk, you know it's going to be God. I know there was a plan because they were trying to kidnap Dick Grayson when he was a kid to be a Talon, right? Yeah. And Batman ended up getting him instead to become Robin. He foiled that plan. He foiled that plan using his owl spray. (laughs) Yes, on his belt he had owl spray. Talon spray clipped to it. But it is a good run. Um, Snyder and Capullo. Capullo! Oh my gosh, it gets so crazy during that 
story when he's like lost yeah. in that tunnel system or whatever it is. I haven't read this in a while, so I may be getting it wrong. It's but like I remember a maze, him, right? Yeah, I remember him getting confused in the maze and the talon keep like talon keeps coming and beating the crap out of him, stabbing him. Just really wild. I thought there was like no way out. I thought Batman was dead. I thought the is- issues were over. I thought my life was over. I thought I had to get divorced. It was a weird time. <laughs> Quite a jump. Yeah, it was a weird time in my life, but it's it's a really good story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think that was like 2011 or something around there. Could have been. Um, but you should check that out. So that's something I'm very looking excited to. I haven't played a lot of video games recently, except for the last Star Wars game. And that is definitely a series of game I would definitely play. Because it's not like oh, yeah. you got to devote your firstborn child yeah. like $5,000 and all of your waking you know, Sanity. you're right, because all those Arkham games, even though they do take a little bit of time... You can pick them up and put them down. Yeah, easy. I don't feel like I've I lost a lot of time with them, no. because it's very linear. I think Even end, though it's kind of open world, it's still a very linear game. At the end of the day, they're probably like, what do you say, like 20 to 40 hour game? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. It, it, and that's if you want to follow the side missions, you know, like how you had to get all the Riddler... Uh, question marks like that's what I spent most of my time doing oh, after I beat the game. That's all I did. Um, gosh, those games are really fun. I'm excited about that. Um, I have another piece of Batman news. Oh, this wow. gets me so excited to have Amazing. so much Batman news. It tingles me in my good parts. Nether regions. Yeah, Matt Reeves. He's making a movie, right? He is. What movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Batman. Batman. Matt Reeves is making the Batman with Robert Pattinson, and they have uh, released the logo for the movie. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. And you know who made it? No. Jim Lee. Oh, really? It looks cool. It does look cool. We'll put it up on social media tomorrow. Uh, When when this whole thing comes out, I'm going to post a picture of it. I think it looks really Sin City-like. It's kind of Sin City-ish. It's kind of old school Batman-ish. It's kind of new school Batman-ish. I don't know. I think it's a good meld. Did you know he directed uh, War for Planet of the Apes? I do now. Yeah. Just that's you know. That was a good movie. I don't know that I ever saw it. That's the last one. You haven't seen the last one? I don't think so. Oh, man. Where have you been? Living under a rock? Is that the one where they're all in the woods? Yes. No, I think that's the second one. No, it's after they've already taken over. Oh, I don't know if I've seen the last one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes, because they've already taken over, and Caesar's like, you know, the bad man on the block. Caesar. And they have to take it back over. You yeah, know what good. would have made those movies better? If everything was exactly the same, but if instead of Caesar's like commanding voice, it was like, I'm Caesar. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name's Caesar. And I'm in charge. I'm a monkey. <laughs> I'm not a monkey. I'm a chimpanzee. Don't call me monkey again. <laughs> My name's Caesar, all right? D- despite me looking like a monkey, <laughs> I am Caesar. <laughs> That'd be great. Would be great. I think we could remake it right now. Yeah. All right. I'm Caesar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the picture I'll put up on social media, the new Batman logo looks great. I'm excited for that movie. I think they started filming again uh, recently, 
And they should just go to I don't know. They should go to another country and film movies. All the other countries in the world where COVID doesn't exist because it only seems to exist in the United States. It is States, only so. here. And yes, for a few short months. Yeah, it'll be over soon. <laughs> oh my I God, think. I can't uh, wait for it to be over. Uh, neither can I. I don't want to hear about it. You guys are probably sick of us talking about it, and that's fine. Maybe you don't like us joking about it. I, I don't. You know what? Just I can't done. wait to be so over. So done with this stupid stuff. I'm so sick of politics. I'm so sick of it, Jerry. I feel like it. The politics like are a compounding thing. Like the way the media is, the way people talk about politics. Like every year, it just compounds <laughs> to be more and more and more, and it's just overtaking everyone's lives. Yeah. When I know you need, you absolutely need to go out and vote. I think voting is a good thing. I don't think you should vote. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? I just don't care. It's amazing how little I care. I don't have the slightest care about what the hell you're talking about at all. I don't I care. Don't. And I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> I just don't really give a shit anymore. It just, I feel in like our short lifetimes, we, we are really going to be minimally affected by most of what goes on to be honest yeah let's like we, be very honest we're going we, especially by whoever's a president exactly it's just not that everything's put on the president regardless of political affiliation i don't care what side you're on left right in between libertarian green party i, I don't care what you call yourself everybody i'm, I'm in the blue blames party. Everybody blames everything on the president as if there isn't a house or Congress. Right. You know what I mean? Like executive orders that they change things. Yep. All right. Put that on the president because he changed it all. But with all the bills and everything that get pushed through, he has no, they have no say in it really. Like they could veto it, but eventually it goes through anyways. (laughs) You need to re- rewatch Schoolhouse Rock and figure out how that works again. He vetoes it. If he vetoed a bill. Yeah, then they have to have like three-fourths majority to right. overturn a veto. That I know, never, but, never mo- happens. but most of the time. two-thirds, right? It happens. It's happened multiple times. I don't think so. Yes, it has. It happened in Trump's presidency I'm already. i bill sitting here if you have the majority, Hill. If the majority of the House is of the other party you can basically assume it's going to be overturned. No, that doesn't. you got to have two-thirds majority, A, and B. I know. If no, you have House majority, though, how could it not be overturned? You have to have two-thirds. I understand that. If you the have majority the, is like barely over 50%. Not this year. And then with the Senate, it goes there, and they got the filibusters. they got to have like 10 more to have like filibuster proof. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, I don't know shit about Philly Busters, but I will tell you what, you're exactly right when you say that every day it just keeps gaining because it feels like for like the last however many years, it's been just like, you know how sometimes it just feels like you got like a drum beat in the back of your head, like to do, to do, to do. Yeah. And every day it gets a little louder. Louder. To do, to do, to do. And now it's just like constant, like boom, 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 boom. It is in the back of your head all day long. Ever since March, 
yeah. ever since the COVID thing happened. I mean, it's been bad since Trump's been in, in the office anyway. But I think maybe the protesting is even more annoying gosh. than the COVID thing. That's all, but it's all stemming from the COVID thing. Protesting all started from that, basically. I don't think that's what happened. No, it but. didn't. There was another issue that happened. I just blame it all on COVID. I don't care. Oh, I just blame it all on stupid people. Blame it all on my roots. Blame it. You know, I showed up. Blame in boots it tonight Chris. on the rain. I will not. Blame rain is it a, on the rain. Rain is a good thing. So, um, yeah, I got an uh, interesting. Um, no, I don't have. That's not news. That's what I've been watching. You got some more news? I do. Okay. Um, I got some articles. What did I too. leave off on? Oh, the Matt Reeves thing. Okay. Well, that went on a little bit off the rails just from. Yeah. Blame it all on my roots. Um, oh, here's one. So we did a whole, I think it was top 20 movies, comedy movies of the 80s. And uh, this was on it for my list because it's one of my favorites and it always will be. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, sir. They're doing a remake of this movie. Not necessary. It's not necessary. And I'll still watch it. Well, Who's take, in a, it? take a wild guess at the two people that are going to star in this movie. Is it, a, is it a, a sequel or a reboot? It's a reboot. A complete reboot? That's all I say, a reboot. So remind me now. So you had John Candy and Steve Martin? Yes. Okay. So, you got to have a fat one and a skinny one. Okay. Is that happening here? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, unless we, one of them gains a lot of weight, I guess. I know for sure. We because Hollywood's all about diversity. Yep. So I'm going with Kevin Hart. Okay. And Horatio Sands. <laughs> I think I would like that a lot better. Uh, you nailed the Kevin Hart portion of it. Of course. But the other the guy, Rock? Will Smith. Hmm. It's Will Smith and Kevin Hart starring and producing. So Will Smith's uh, Westbrook Studios and Kevin Hart's Heartbeat Production Companies are producing this movie. Okay. Um, I mean, I I'm, would probably see that. I'm absolutely going to watch it because yeah. I have to see what this is about. And I like Will Smith. I don't. Who's I playing do. who though? So Will Smith's playing the straight man, obviously, and Kevin Hart's playing like a ridiculous. He, he it's got to be that way. Yeah. So Kevin Hart's the John Candy, and Steve, uh, Martin. Martin is Will Smith. Will okay. Smith is Steve Martin. I would assume. I guess I don't know. Apparently, it's still very early on this, but it is released that they are remaking it. So, um, Deadline released it, and they're a pretty, they're a pretty reputable, you know, releaser. Are they? Okay. Of, Stuffs. I'll take your word for that. I don't know how I feel about it though. I'll, I'll watch it. it. Last little bit of news: Hulu is streaming all 130 episodes, original episodes of Thundercats. Oh, and they just started streaming it yesterday. Oh. But they also started streaming the 2011 reboot. Of Thundercats. Did you know that they had a reboot of Thundercats in 2011? You know, now that you say that, I think I do. Was it on like, what was it on? I have no idea. Well, it must have been on like a network television. Probably so Cartoon I guess, Network. No, or I didn't, I didn't like know that. that. I didn't either. But there's 
So they were set to do... Thunder, fi- thunder, Thundercats, ho! ho! 52 original planned episodes for the 2011 season, but they only ended up producing 26. Okay. Uh, it ended up just one season, and it was canceled before 2013. So I'm kind of interested to go see that now. You know... I love Thundercats. I liked it at the time. I have very little interest in going back and watching it, but oh, no. I might... I don't. I have a lot of interest. I just want to see, like the eighties, or is it? It's earlier than eighties. No, it's, it's like seventies, no. isn't no, it? No, 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 no. Are you like, sure? Yeah, it's in the eighties. Either way, I want to say even late eighties, probably. It's one of the cartoons I used to watch all the time as a kid when I woke up uh, really early. So I used to wake up really early all the time, bef- like before my entire house would wake up, and when I was. Good enough to turn on the old TV, like old enough to turn on the TV. Before this, I would just wander. You probably had to go turn it on on the TV. I did. For a while, I did. But we got a satellite pretty young in my life. So uh, when we got the satellite, we got rid of my TV. We had a TV where you had to crank a dial to turn the channel. Yeah, of course you did. Everybody did. Did they? Yeah. I I guess I didn't know that. I thought I was the only one. Like in a wooden box with little doors? No, we didn't have... It wasn't in a box. It was just sitting on a table. Oh, see, we had one of the ones that was, like, built into the wooden cabinet with, the like, the old Zenith with the doors that would, like... Oh, really? Close in front of it, yeah. Like the, like the old roll-top desk-type yeah. door? Yes, yes. Huh. Um, no, this was just out in the open, and you had to press a button to turn the TV on, and then you had to get up and change the channel. Yeah. Um, but we got rid of that, got a newer TV when we got the satellite, must have been a good year for dad that year. I don't know, but that's when I sold would, a lot of seed corn that year. Yeah, I, th- I think he still dr- drove a fuel truck at this point. So I don't know. Maybe he sold a lot, lot of fuel. fuel. <laughs> um, and I remember watching Thundercats all the time. My brother showed it to me because he used to watch it as a kid, and I started watching it at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning is when I would get up hmm. and I'd watch these shows. And right after that, you know what I'd watch? Bob Newhart. Oh, love that The Bob show. Newhart show would come on along with Plane, or uh, uh, not Planes, Wings. Wings came oh, on. Oh, Wings is great, too. Yeah. I used to watch all them shows in the morning. And then Empty Nest. Um, 1985 to 1989. That was Thundercats? Yeah, it was co-produced by Rankin and Bass and, and Animated Entertainment. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, so that's all the news I got. I think Rankin and Bass made the old like stop motion like Christmas ones like Jack Frost and Rudolph oh, the Red Nosed Reindeer. I thought so. Yeah, could be wrong. I, I don't know. I don't know those names. They sound funny to me, and I don't believe you. I I, I don't. I just you can't make me believe you. They did. They made Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Okay. Well, I believe you. <laughs> and all those movies. Now that the the Googles told you. Yep. So, anywho, um, Thundercats also has a character named Snarf, just so you know. We didn't steal that. Nope, we didn't. This is all me and Chris's idea. Because, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. If you are not aware where the Snarf name came from, it's a, would it be a... It's a melding. Yeah, an amalgamation. It's a, what do you call it when you mix two metals together? Like an ore. Smelting smelting isn't smelting that yeah but that's not what i'm thinking of uh what do you call it like an alloy right that's like an alloy yeah Yeah. okay it's an alloy of names it's like hard and steel right because his last name ends in arf 
and my last name starts with S N. Yeah. Did you know so that snarf. steel? Do you know what the components that make steel are? It's a bunch of different metals. It's two things. Iron. Iron, yes, that is one. And um why can't I think of it? Carbon. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's iron and carbon. And then it's continually like purified. That's, yeah, that's if you're making carbon steel. No, that's all steel. Steel. All steel is that way? Iron and carbon. Yeah. Unless it's like straight iron ore. That's iron. Yeah. It'd just be iron. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> be like cast okay. iron, you know? That yeah, that's what I mean. Like cast. That's different. Yeah, that's not steel. Right. That's not steel. You're right. So stainless steel is still a carbon steel. It must just be like more purified. I think so. Yeah. Uh, purified of the carbon. <laughs> so then are you just making it into iron again? No. Um, there must be something else. There's another stainless. metal involved. There isn't. Because um, I always hear people say, well, okay, that's carbon stainless steel. Stainless steel is iron ore, chromium, silicon, and nickel. Melted together in an electric furnace. Okay. Here we go. Now we're getting the truth out of you. That's Finally. stainless steel, though. Yeah, that's stainless. Carbon steel, yes, as carbon and iron ore. But well, there's so many... Carbon steel is just steel. No. There is difference. There is a difference in carbon steel and other steels. Okay, listen. Here's how you there's make so many carbon. steels. Steel. Or here's how you make steel. Steel. One of the widely used metals. In the world, if you didn't, if you didn't know that, <laughs> okay, um, boy, now steel I know. is an alloy of iron and carbon. Period. It can contain small quantities of silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, and oxygen. But right. It's an alloy of iron and carbon. The carbon content of steel is between 0.08 and 1.5 percent. This makes it harder than raw iron, but not as brittle as cast iron. Steel has a unique balance of hardness, flexibility, and tensile strength. It is more durable and holds a sharper edge than the softer wrought iron. At the same time, it resists shock and tension better. How is it made? To make steel, iron ore is heated and melted in furnaces where the impurities are removed and carbon added. Today, most steel is made using one of two processes, a blast furnace and an electric arc furnace. Blast furnaces used mainly raw materials, Iron ore, limestone, and coke, like cocaine. Mm -hmm. It's actually in steel. That's what makes it. Yep. That's what gives it its pep. Comes up and down the river all the time. Big <laughs> barges full of cocaine. The Colombian coca. Yeah, coca. <laughs> With some scrap steel to make steel. Well, that's cheating. <laughs> you can't use scrap steel to make steel. That's called recycling. Yeah, dummy. Are uh, you against recycling? Are you? Are you want to kill the earth? Electric arc furnaces. Mainly use scrap steel, just so you know. Electricity. Always using the scrap. Uh, a blast furnace, by the way, um, is a way of producing steel by blowing air through molten iron to oxidize the material and separate the impurities. So that's still like the, that's the way to go for the most time. It's so a, you put it in the blast furnace, the right. iron. Yes. Um, which is lined with heat-resistant brick. And then you add cocaine. And limestone. 
<laughs> if you don't have limestone, you can use a lemon lime soft drink or something along those lines. As yeah, long as it's got absolutely. lime in it. Any lime. You can even put an English person in there. You can put a limey bastards. Can, can you put a lime in the coconut and then put it in the steel? You, you can put the lime in the coconut, yes. And then mix it all around. Fed it into the furnace from the top and it sinks towards to the bottom. So that's how it goes. And that's just. So look up what smelting is because I feel like smelting is still mixing. Mixing of metals and making them into something. Smelting is something that somebody accidentally said once. They were trying to say melting, and they said smelting, and then everybody made fun of them. And then they're they're like, like, no, seriously, it's a word, guys. <laughs> it is really a word, guys. Um, smelting is to extract metal from its ore by a process involving heating and melting. Metal from its ore. I don't know, man. So it's getting iron out of the ore. Sure. So you have to do some smelting. I knew that was involved. Applying heat to ore in order to extract a metal base. So that's how you get the iron out of the ore. That's what I just said, man. Yeah, I knew I it. I knew that was happening. You can also do silver, iron, copper, or other materials. Not to be confused with the fish. There smelt. is smelt. Yeah. And you don't want to use those in any steel making process. No. It just they, they don't do the job. They will give you some stinky, stinky steel. And nobody likes stinky steel. Yeah. Chris. I've never met a man that said, you know what? Give me that stink. Give me a steel. little stank on that steel. <laughs> give me that stank steel. Um so, excuse me, sir. I'd like to return this uh firearm. Why is that, sir? Um mm. it just doesn't smell fishy enough. <laughs> yeah. Could um could you uh make this smell fishier? What? Why, why does Kermit want a fishy smelling handgun? Is it Kermit? You sound like Kermit the Frog here. Hey, uh, hey everyone. Uh, you got any fishy guns? It's pretty good. <laughs> Laying around? It's pretty good. You know, I feel like there has been a distinct absence of the Muppets from our society over the last several years. Who cares? I mean, I liked the Muppets. I liked Animal. I think there's a new Muppet show on Disney Plus, but I haven't checked it out. Like uh, like new episodes, not just reruns. I don't stuff. know. I just saw something about the Muppets. I'm sure it's old stuff. No, I take that back. I like the Muppets. They're fine. Yeah. I just don't need new of them. Leave the old, replay the old. Does it get tired, you know, after a while? I mean, I've seen yes. a lot of Muppets in my life, and they were always doing the same shit. The old dudes are yelling stuff at the other people. Which I like the old guys. Kermit's always trying to get away from Miss Piggy. And I like Beaker. Miss Piggy's always being annoying, trying yeah. to get, like, famous. Fozzie Bear's always squirting a flower. I mean... Animals doing animal things. We need to reinvent the Muppet genre. Is like... Beaker's meep-meeping around. Yeah, like a horror franchise. A horror franchise of the Muppets. Hmm. Maybe not horror, but like Clue. Were they like Clue? They did that. They With did the Muppets. A, didn't they do the Great Caper Muppets? There was a movie about yeah Muppets Take Manhattan. No, that's it wasn't one. That one. Yeah, the Great Muppet Caper. The Great Muppet Caper, nineteen eighty-one yeah. film. Huh, I don't remember that movie. I I know I've seen it. I'm sure, but. It's um, where they steal. They Mount get Rushmore. caught up in a jewel heist while investigating a robbery in London. Hmm. Seems pretty heavy for a Muppet movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about Gonzo. That's my favorite Muppet. Gonzo? I like Gonzo. 
Hmm. I don't know why. Because uh, of his nose? I don't know. He's just, is he... He's always like the smart one that's talking to the like audience. Is he based off of uh, Hunter S. Thompson? I'm 100% sure that he is not. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's been a, so, gon, a gonzo journalist. I've never been so certain. That's of what they claim. In my life. Gonzo journalist. Gonzo. It's Hunter S. Thompson as a Muppet. I mean, I like Hunter S. Thompson. We have figured it out. But what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score for that movie is? By the way, six eight. Um, let's see, seventy six percent. Oh, we gotta go by percentages. Yeah. Damn it. What's well, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, I was thinking IMDb. They do a rating out of 10. I mean, it's all bullshit compared to the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Is that the new one? No, it's been around for since we were kids, man. Oh, that's right. Anyway, that's about enough of the Muppets. Um, I had a couple quick articles we could talk about, if unless you had some. No, I have, I have nothing else. Um, well, besides what I'm watching, but that's also quick. Well, there was a couple. 15... Great movies coming to HBO Max in September. Oh, I want to know this. I still don't have it. I do have it. I have it on... But the problem is I only have it on my Xbox, and I watch most things in my bedroom, and I don't have my Xbox in my bedroom, obviously. Right. But I do watch it. Um, but here's some movies coming out. Uh, Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. What um, was that? I don't know. It's like a parody of like black exploitation films from the sh- like Shaft, you know? Okay. Yep. Um, so we're going to skip that blood diamond. Ooh, blood diamond. That's a uh, Leo. Yeah. That's Leo DiCaprio. That was a good movie. I yeah, completely that forgot. Amy that loves that movie. Um, came out in 06, I believe. Charlotte's web. Yeah. I need no more of that. Uh, clerks. Clerks is coming out on HBO max. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Dave. Remember the movie Dave? No, I was thinking of the TV show. No, it's not that it was a Kevin Klein film. Where he was like a guy that looked like the president, and something happens to the president, and then he, they got to put him in as the president. Yeah, it's starting to ring a bell. Um, anyway, I remember liking that movie. I don't have very much memory of it, but I did see it. I don't know if I ever saw it. But. Uh, uh, election. That was a uh, Reese, Reese Reese Witherspoon. I yes, say. where she ran for president. Yeah, she was like student council president or something, right? Yeah. Um, that was a good movie. I I have that on DVD. I always like that movie. It's not that. It can't be. It's like a dark comedy. Yeah. It is? Yeah, definitely. Even with Reese Witherspoon? I'm telling you. It's a good movie. What about Without Her Spoon? Uh, <laughs> Fatal Attraction. That's pretty good. Uh, long time since I've seen that. So, um, Midnight Run. That's a De Niro movie from like when he's not super old. <laughs> okay. Long time ago yeah. then. Prometheus. All right. You know, I have mixed reviews of this movie because... It, I still have not seen it. You've never seen Prometheus? No, I haven't seen it. There are some... It came out... I was interested because I like the Alien franchise. Yes. But I was a little behind on like the last couple. And then I found out that it was a prequel, so it didn't matter. But then I just... By that time, it was too... It passed me by. There's a lot of hate on this movie. Um, and to be fair, there's not much that goes on in it. It's it's relatively slow, but sometimes slow movies don't bother me at all. And this one had some like really striking like sets and visuals. Looks cool, are, yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really neat. So I kind of enjoyed it. It's very um 
what would I say? It's like you're on the edge all the time because you're always assuming like something's going to jump out at you or, you know, something big's going to happen. I kind of, I kind of liked it. I I went and saw it in theaters and I thought it was great in theaters at home. It's not rewatchable really to me as much, but I I don't hate that movie. Really? Mm -hmm. I will check it out for sure. Because you don't have to have recently watched any of the other ones, right? No, not really. I know they'd give you some backstory from like alien, uh, aliens and stuff. You'll pick up on all of it because you know the other movies. Right. You already know them and you'll pick up on a lot of it. Um, we got Two Weeks Notice. It's a romantic comedy with Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. Never seen it. Don't care. Uh, v for Vendetta. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, V for Vendetta is a great movie. I love that movie. Yes. Um, another one that I liked when I was a kid, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I don't it's even a know Freddy, that. Freddy Krueger one, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, but it's really meta and really campy. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they all are kind of Yeah, campy. they're all campy, but, um, like he, like, if I believe correctly, he's like trying to get out of the movie world into the real world. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know, I know this movie. I think I have seen it. I've never been a big Freddy Krueger guy. No, I, I mean, I really haven't. Me neither, but they're fun sometimes. <laughs> uh, Spies in Disguise um, was Tom Holland and Will Smith animated movie that came out earlier this year. Oh yeah, that looked kind of good. I saw it. It's fine. It's not great. Here's one that I definitely want to see: The Invisible Man, which got a, a bunch of praise earlier this year. Um, really? Yeah. I don't even know this one. Um, it's the Invisible Man. What's it about? It's the Universal Monsters <laughs> yeah. Invisible Man. That's what it is. And really? it was made on a super low budget, and everybody said it was amazing. So I want to see it. But he's kind of like a bad guy, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Just Mercy. Skip it. Um, that's it. So we got that. Cool. I usually do when we get close to the end of the month, although I think we got one more episode before the end of the month. I usually do what's coming up on Netflix, so I'll try and find that for next week because everybody's got Netflix. Nobody's got HBO anymore because they fucked up everything. Yes, they really did. <laughs> um, yeah, we do have one more before the end of the month. You um, know what's happening on the end of the month? I'm getting a big lump cut off my shoulder. Who? What is it? Uh, lipoma. Yeah, so, so it's a fatty deposit? Yeah, just on my shoulder. I've had it for a while. Why not just leave it? Because I don't want Because you it. hate your body? I, I just don't like my image, yeah. Yeah, you don't like looking yeah. at yourself in the mirror? You just stand with your your shoulder, you're just rubbing it and yeah. looking at yourself Weird. in the mirror, and you're like, I just poke. Mm, it was a lotion, dog. <laughs> no, no, I don't say that. I just poke this little fatty deposit on my shoulder all the time, I say, and I just hate myself for it. So I'm getting cut off. Actually, the doctor told me, you should probably have that removed. It's like, you don't really need it. We'll cut it out. So, all right. Maybe he's just trying to get more money from me. I don't know. Definitely. Sounds like it. Um, Okay. I got another article we can talk about if we want to fill some time here. Yeah, sure. 10 best sidekicks in comic book movies ranked. Robin, of course. By not us, ranked by Screen Rant. Mm -hmm. Dot com. Famous website. Sidekicks. Yes, so top 10 ranked. All right. So I'm going to give you their picks, not our picks. Not ours. This would be a fun one to do for us, though. It would. We could try to rearrange them. We could do it next week or something, but we'll see. Number 10, 
the Falcon in Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, yeah, he's okay. He's fine. I mean, top 10? I don't know. Is there a lot to choose from, though? That's the other thing. There probably isn't, but I, I just... Falcon's fine. He's never grabbed my attention in anything. I do like his suit, like the wings and stuff, but... He's a cool character. Here's my problem, though. I'm not like a... For some reason, Anthony Mackie, as an actor... Just doesn't do it for you? I just don't think he's a great. He's the same person every single time he's on screen. Well, he's only really played... I I guess he's in a lot of movies and stuff. I think. He just got a weird something about him. His delivery or his facial expressions. I don't know. Yeah. I I just don't care for Falcon. But I'll tell you what. They're number nine on this list. I've never even heard of. It's from Wonder Woman. Etta Candy. Nope. When Diana Prince arrives in London with Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor, Steve's secretary, Etta Candy, joins them and quickly becomes friends with yes. Diana. She helps her get clothes so she can blend in wartime society. That's, she was pretty good. Okay. She was pretty good in that movie, but why is that number nine? Is that a sidekick? Somebody who helps somebody pick out clothes is now considered a sidekick? Yeah. Does she kick anybody's ass? Does she, she does. Fight? She does hit somebody with an umbrella, I believe. Come but on. that's about we, it. We're yeah. really reaching here probably it, to get some kind of a female representation on the yeah. list or something because that's insane. Yeah, Ed, I don't Ed agree Ed with Candy, that. come on. Right. Uh, number eight, Ned Leeds in Spider-Man Homecoming. His, uh, oh, Ned. Ned. Yeah. Again, I like him. I don't know if he's really, really a sidekick. a sidekick either? I mean, well, he, what's it, the classification of a sidekick? Do it, they have to be involved with the superhero fighting crime, or do they just have to assist the superhero in what they're doing? Well, as long as it's not shopping for dresses. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> I agree with you there. At least he's like a guy in the chair type of... He, hel- he helps out a lot more behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm, 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 not, board I'm not with giving him, him being... a sidekick status, but if they want to, I guess that's fine. I'm on board with him being a sidekick. I think he is because he does. He diverts attention away from him a lot of the time. He helps out, like I said, behind the scenes in what Spider-Man's doing. Yeah, I guess. I think he is. Number eight, seven. Now here's a real sidekick. Okay. Wong from Doctor Strange. Yes. He's He's, absolutely a sidekick. he's a badass. He really is very good. So I'll give him that one. And I really enjoy that character a lot. So do I. And the guy who plays it is phenomenal. Hilarious, So he could probably be a little higher on a list if I had one. Number six is Negasonic Teenage Warhead from Deadpool. Uh, You know, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that character, and I like the actor who plays her, but I wouldn't, again, consider it much of a sidekick. No. Supporting character? Um, Kato in the Green Hornet. I mean, I love Kato in general. I don't really remember the Green Hornet movie with, with Seth. Rogen. I never even watched it. I've never seen it. But I'll give it to him just because I think it's like Jet Li or something. He is a legitimate sidekick. Oh, it's Jay Chow. Yeah, he's a total... I mean, he. Yeah. the joke of the Green yeah. Hornet is Kato's the one that does everything, and the Green right. Hornet's kind of an idiot. He is. <laughs> um, X-23 in Logan. I like that. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Again, I don't think that's a sidekick. He's saving her. This is a terrible list. Number three, they're considering Miles Morales a sidekick. To who? To Spider-Man, I guess, in Into the Spider-Verse. 
Don't agree with that. Um, number two, Judge Anderson in Dread. Mr. Anderson. I never saw Dread. Let's go to number one, Hit Girl and Kick-Ass. Again, it's not really a sidekick. No. And she's it's, way more badass, so. That's not a sidekick. That They were like a team. Yeah. Which is different. Like, you can have the Justice League. They're all part of the Justice League. They're not sidekicks of each other. Well, ScreenRant.com, shove you have it. made a terrible yeah. list. You can shove that list right where... Because you didn't put Alicia Silverstone, Batgirl on <laughs> Batgirl. there. Yeah, or Robin. Or, yeah, what's I his mean, name? that's... How can you not have... I don't care that the movies weren't that great. I do care that the movies I don't. weren't that great. Robin's like the best. Um, well, anyway, we'll move on from that list. Um, I had one article I posted on uh, Facebook, and I think it could we could talk about it. It's on Nerdist. It's, is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade the best part three? The best third, the best third entry movie. into um, a trilogy. Hmm. I I would say yes because it's my favorite Indiana Jones movie, which people but, seem to hate the fact that uh, it is my favorite. But it is. I don't think a lot of people hate that. People pick. love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but um, I don't know. It's awesome because it goes back to when Indy's a kid and River Phoenix plays him. Yeah, and you got the whole end and wherever Egypt or wherever the hell they are. Yep. Um. I don't know. But okay, is this saying it's the be- it's the best third movie out of all movies, like yeah. the best trilogy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know if I would agree with what that. What would you say? I mean, give it me It would another obviously one. be The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Return of the Jedi again, I mean, as a movie, I love Return of the Jedi, but it's not the best in the franchise. Yeah, you're right. But it does wrap up the franchise nicely. And you really, but you really like the Western Back to the Future. I did, yeah. That's that's a really good movie. It is. It's not my favorite out of the Back to the Futures, though. So I, mean, I guess it's definitely not as good as as the last Indiana Jones the right. Last Crusade. I'm just trying to think of trilogies now because I'm not sure. I guess as of right now, I would agree. Does it count because there is a fourth movie? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just saying third movie. Yeah, it's like 20 years later, the new one, you know. Yeah, I don't count that. Um, I don't know. That's something something to ponder. It it got a few comments on our uh, social media and everybody agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not Rise of Skywalker, so. Um, yeah, I like that movie. Revenge of the Sith is pretty good. It is, but that's, yeah, again, there's like six Ooh. movies, but they did all come out Ooh. as trilogies. Return of the King. Lord of the Rings. Ooh. That's pretty good. Yeah, I and I like I like those movies a lot better than I like Indiana Jones because I'm not a huge I mean, I like Indiana Jones, but they're not movies that I've went back to to watch over and over again. Now, Lord of the Rings movies I could watch all the time. And you know, we ought to do a, a rewatch party. Like we ought to rewatch those movies. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But the extended version only. Oh, did they do extended versions of all of them? Oh, yeah. They're four hours each. No way. I didn't Absolutely. know they'd do it on all of them. We got a phantom in here. We do. What's going on? I don't know. 
It's your ballast. Um, no, they don't have one. <laughs> I know. I say that every time. Um, okay, so ponder that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with saying yes. I believe that uh, Last Crusade is the best end of a trilogy. And you've and completely I changed my mind. Very much love Indiana Jones movies. Maybe a lot more than you, apparently. Oh yeah, you do like them a lot more than I do. They're not they're not really something that I go to all the time. But now that Lord of the Rings movie there. You've definitely changed my opinion because I do believe that would be by far the best third movie out of what we've talked about tonight anyways, which it's really hard to think about what, like what all of the trilogies are out there that are mainstream when you're just thinking it off the top of your head. I thought you said that you liked Temple of Doom the best. Oh, I did. That is... See, we have to rewatch those movies too because you are misremembering because it Maybe must, you am. must have seen it at the right time in your like childhood or something. I don't know. It could be. But it could absolutely be the, the case. But as of right now, that's where I stand. And I'm going to stay that way until we rewatch them, I guess. Okay. Well, all right. Let's move on. You got anything else? Nope. What we're watching? Oh, I got one, one thing that was... It's not really what I've been watching. It's what I'm going to be reading. Oh, what's that? Uh, um, um, my mother-in-law works at the school in Coal City. Yes. And they were just like throwing away books because they're apparently they are Nazis there. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to burn them <laughs> in the parking lot. In a in a whole like ceremony of burning books? Yeah, actually, they were going to... Against the town's wishes? They were, yeah, they were going to lay them out in the parking lot to spell like... Uh, hate? Fuck <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> what is the real reason Fuck that they're reading and then they're just going to light them all on fire? And well, are they just trying to make room for things or I have no idea why. But anyway, she comes back, she's like, "Oh, I grabbed this book. I thought maybe you'd want it." And it's a hardcover graphic novel of The Dark Tower. Really? Yeah. And Who did that? I don't know, but I haven't read it yet. But the Stephen King book, The Dark Tower, yeah. it's like hard it's a graphic novel representation of that. It's I don't know if it's actually part of the original story. Or it's like, because it has another title, it's like The Dark Tower or something or other. So it might be a new story, for all I know. Okay. Um, but it's pretty thick, so it looks good. I, I opened up, flipped through some pages, the art looked really nice in it. That's interesting. I didn't even know they made these. Yeah, so... Stephen King has been involved with every... Everything. He's got books and stuff made all over. Movies, TV shows. Oh, it is that. It is... Straight up. So uh, this is what it is. It's called The Gunslinger Born, and it was first published in 2007. It's a series of comic books based on the Dark Tower series of novels. Plotted by Robin Firth and scripted by Peter David. Uh, they ser- Stephen King serves as creative and executive director on the project. I don't see who the artist is in here. but um, Of course, the artist always gets back page. There right? are three books it looks like and i have the second one so there's the dark tower beginnings the dark tower the gunslinger and the drawing of the three so you're gonna have to get the first one yes i'm going to have to apparently uh they're hardcover omnibus editions so they're bit they are big then. it's pretty it's pretty good size yeah huh yeah now you gotta buy two oh. more books well there i think there's oh yeah okay so it must have came out as a monthly individual books i wonder if she missed the first one or something five there's five issues per trade so it's a normal size trade paperback so 
were they really like throwing these away or were they giving them to another library or they were throwing them away? I don't understand this. I don't either, but, um, so I got it and I'm going to read it. I thought libraries were put on this earth regardless of what Do they still exist. Is that a school thing? that they were in? I think or? libraries are just a place now where there's computers for people that need computers. <laughs> yeah. That's what they've turned into. But I thought they were there to like curate and take care of written works. What is this? Like the tower of Babel? I don't know. Is it? It could be. I think they're just rooms. Where there's like four computers, yeah, and they only go to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> they only go to Wikipedia, and they're the old, like Macintosh apples that yeah. were like the colored version. No, they don't even like go to colored. Wikipedia. They don't have the internet. They just go to Encarta, <laughs> Encarta. the DVD or, or CD. Uh, Encyclopedia Britannica online. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a bad day to be an encyclopedia company. They don't make them anymore, do they? I can't imagine why they would. But I would buy them. If they had a nice set of encyclopedias, I would I buy I think them. I have some. Oh, I know I have some. Like, my parents have some. Really? Yeah. They, don't, they didn't throw them away. Well, I don't know. Why, you, why would you? Who would throw but, away an encyclopedia? I know, but what do you, you don't even need to use them anymore. I don't even. In no way, shape, or form would you need to go back to an encyclopedia and look something up in today's day and age. Think about all the information that we have available to us now. And then think about it is endless. How little information is actually in an encyclopedia? <laughs> yeah, even the whole run of encyclopedias, like I don't know how they worked. I don't even remember. They're by letter, A, A through B, Z, right? Z, Z. Yes. yeah. <laughs> and that's how they work. Is like if you were trying to look up something about whales, you had to grab the W yeah. encyclopedia. And then there was one for. Now I know my ABC. There's all those two. Just kidding. Yeah, right. Now I get it. It took me a minute, but I understand. Um, yeah, but you. that is how it worked, Jerry. Huh. Yeah, there's literally no reason for them to exist other than like historic value that we used those at one time. It's basically just a teaching tool to show how primitive we were. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at, look at these guys. Um, there's all these books that people had to look up by letter, what they wanted to look up. 90% of the stuff in the world wasn't in them, but <laughs> exactly. it contained 10% of the knowledge. And somehow those people were still smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somehow everyone that read an encyclopedia was smarter than you, but it's, isn't that the truth though? So what is like, the, people aren't smarter now. Like we have all of this shit and yeah, people and aren't smarter. No, we're actually like dumber. I think. People are dumber. We are absolutely dumber. Do you memorize phone numbers anymore? Well, that's that's not a measure of intelligence, Jerry. It is somewhat. No, You're, it's you, not. You've that's got to use memorization. Your brain. That's just. But nobody memorizes anything anymore. My point is that none of that's intelligence. What's intelligence is problem solving, right? Of sorts. I mean, there's more to intelligence than just problem solving. It's a huge component of it. And when everything's easier to access via computers, you lose some of your problem solving ability. You don't have to problem solve anything. Everything is told to you. Yeah. Everything is handed to you immediately. You don't have to play the incredible machine video it, game. Here's my, <laughs> here's my question, though. Is, so what information is actually in an encyclopedia? 
So if I were to ask the like question, if you were to say like ant, you could look up an encyclopedia ant, and it would have a whole page about ants and all the information about ants, like what their genes. But it won't is. tell you like how things work, really. Like if you wanted to know about uh, smelting, or sure, it would be in there. What about what about like steel? Would steel be in Absolutely. there? Absolutely. What about how a foundry works? A foundry? Yeah, it'd probably be in there. You think so? It'd probably be under steel or steel making or metallurgy. What about like if you wondered how a drop third strike came about in baseball? I mean, there would certainly be a, a, a thing on baseball. I don't think there would be an on a, a, a encyclopedia. Just about that. Called like drop rules. third strike rule. <laughs> Maybe they'd have it in there, though, would they? I mean, there was probably like a situation I could see in an encyclopedia where there's like a two-page article about baseball and all about it, and then maybe it says like, see Encyclopedia Britannica's baseball oh, book. Oh, I see. That maybe it would have all the rules. So I don't know if that book exists. Right. But if they didn't do that, they sure missed out on an opportunity for cross promotion. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> because you can only put so much in there and you, you read two pages on an ant, there's a lot more information you need about ants, right? Right. You need so a lot, like so much more see information. See the ant book. Yeah, like and it's a tiny little book about this big. Like, what's the deal with their thorax? I don't know. You know? Yeah. Like how often do you use that word? Thorax? Do they have a section on thoraxes? Guaranteed. In the T's? Yeah. yeah. But wouldn't would it say that in the A's with the ants? Would it say like C section T for thorax? Maybe that would be under insect. Is this just a, a a bumped up version of a dictionary? Right. No, it's like articles with pictures and information. It is. Yeah. So it's not just giving you the definition of a word no. and saying like what they do. <laughs> no, Jerry, that's a dictionary. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like everything you said was like, oh, sure, it'd be in there. A book or set of books giving information on many subjects or on many aspects of one subject and typically arranged alphabetically. There was a lot in them. I, we used them a lot in school. We did. I mean, all the time. Whenever you had to write a report, you had to go to the encyclopedia. You had to turn it to like ants, and then you basically just copy everything in the encyclopedia See, in but your not, own words. Not when I was when I was in high school, we had computers were a big thing, so we really didn't do that. The uh, only time you did that was like in grade school, like early like early on. Two thousand and twelve is when Encyclopedia Britannica announced it was going out of business after two hundred forty four years. Wow. Like, does anybody even get taught the Dewey Decimal System anymore? I don't know. That's a good question, because there's no purpose for it. Unless the power went out. Right. Or an electromagnetic pulse. If we had an electromagnetic pulse, and all computers went offline, librarians would be the most important job in the world. It would be. Maybe. Or the electricians, to what? try to get the electricity back. <laughs> no, it can never come back on. <laughs> oh, it could never no, come back on. It's done. It's like... Uh, the poles magnetically it's like reverse. The magnetic reversal of the poles. And it just constantly controls. reversing over and over again to make it impossible for any sort of electronic device to work. Okay. So we're just wildly the, bouncing yeah. magnetic fields. I think the most important person in that society is the accessor of knowledge, the collective knowledge of humankind. I mean, I've known some people that are librarians, and I would not go to them. <laughs> for like actual answers on things. Well, but you got to find out where the answers are. 
It'd be in the library. They're like human Googles. They would try to be. I think they would promote themselves to this position, but not really be taken seriously. So you don't think we'd have like librarian in chief? That would be like the most powerful position in our government. <laughs> no, I think we'd all be going to the vote, uh, the polls to vote for librarian in chief. I think we would be relying more on the older generation of people to teach us about libraries. Oh, what well, those people have forgotten everything. They may not have though. Do you think the librarians nowadays even know the Dewey Decimal System? I don't even know system? if there are librarians. I think there are. They are, but they're the people that usher you to the one of I the mean, four computers. Here's the deal. I know the Dewey Decimal System. So do you. Yeah. So we're good. That's what I'm saying. The older generation of people would then become the it's most important. It's very easy to teach. I could teach the Dewey Decimal System in a matter of one hour to a child, probably. Could you teach it to me right now in two minutes? No, I'd have to give myself a little bit of a refresher, but I know there's like numbers so gotta, and decimals. Get, and you got to go through all your little index cards yeah, and search through the index cards for your Deweys and your decimals. What happens if all the index cards get in incinerated in a fire that only targets Dewey Decimal System index cards? Then we're screwed. I mean, we could just make a new index because it's really just somebody right. wrote them down. Or you could just spend the time looking through all the books. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it was just a quicker way to find a book on a shelf. Right. That's all it was. Yeah, that's true. I always thought that was a little odd too because, well, maybe it's just because we didn't have big libraries in our schools. I always thought it was huge, but oh, I was small. It was not. No, I understand <laughs> that. I understand it was not huge, but Barnes and Noble's pretty big. It's way bigger than our library was. Isn't that considered a library? No, it's a bookstore. Why can't it be a library? They don't have a Dewey Decimal System at, the, at, at Barnes & Noble. So here's the question. Is that the only thing that differentiates bookstores and libraries? No, in libraries, books, are you, you rent them. You, you can them buy out. them from a library. You check them out. You can also buy books from the library. Okay, but you can't check books out of Barnes & Noble. You can't. You're right. Hmm. <laughs> now, Walden Books, that's a whole different story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Walden Books is gone. Yeah. They ran out of R.L. Stein books to sell. I know, and I bought all of them. <laughs> I loved going to Walden Books when I was a kid. Oh, man. I loved bookstores when I was a kid. It was so great going there. I still enjoy going to Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I've stopped in there actually more than... I have to... Every time I go in there, I spend way too much money. And then they sit on your shelf and you never read the book. Never. But they have like this whole <laughs> section out front with all the like the beautiful picture books. Yes. And I'm like, I gotta have this. I gotta have this book. It's like the encyclopedia of Star Wars lightsabers. I need this. I know. I do have a Star Wars encyclopedia as well. Yeah. And now that you say that, it makes a lot more sense about how it explains how things work. Because <laughs> I'm basing this off of a Star Wars encyclopedia because it would tell you everything about an AT-AT. Yeah. You know? Or... Correct. That's an encyclopedia, Jerry. Yeah. I'm it's realizing It's not as good now. as Wikipedia, but... Wikipedia? Yeah. What's that? You don't know Wikipedia? No. It's like Wikipedia for Star Wars. No, I've never even heard of it. You're crazy. Wikipedia? Yeah. Like Wookie with Pedia at the end. <laughs> yes. Wikipedia. Is, is this new? No, it's been around for a long time. Why have we 
It's it's it is it is just Wikipedia for Star Wars. Right? Is it through Wikipedia? Like it's no powered by Wikipedia. The software behind that is open source, so you can basically use that software platform to create. Because how Wikipedia works is it's user controlled and funded, Mm -hmm. but there isn't somebody like making articles. Users make articles, and then other users read and cross check and fact check them. Correct. It's pretty accurate, really. Uh, surprisingly, it's very, very accurate. You know, there's a lot of jokes about you can't use them as sources and stuff, and that's bullshit. Yeah, they're, they're very accurate articles, I, and most of them reference where they got their data from. So I wasn't gonna fact check them anyways. I just use it as fact. I loved when Wikipedia came out though, like when I was in college or whatever it was, because I like mean, the regular Wikipedia came out when you were in college. Yeah, probably, or maybe it was a little before then. I don't know. But, oh, you're old. Um. But, you know, nobody really knew about it yet. So when you were writing a paper, you could just go on there and get all this information and nobody... Yeah, nobody had a clue where you got it. They just thought you happened to have encyclopedias. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like a wide range of encyclopedias. Because Encyclopedia Britannica made encyclopedias on different things, right? Like how we were talking about um, how they, like, stemmed out from you know, just having the base A through Z and then know. having like an MLB type section or having a specific encyclopedia all about different breeds of whales. I don't know why I keep going back to whales, but... Um, I don't know. There still is Britannica online. So... Interesting. The world standard in knowledge since 1768... What is it like to be around as a business since the night 1768 and then just one day just be like, well, we're done. Yeah, that would suck. But it turns out like all the people that were in charge in 2012 when they were done have no connection to the people in 1768. <laughs> That's true. So I don't think they're too sad. Well, do you have some what you've been watching? I do. I have two. Um, one of them is a continuation of past episodes. Uh and I still haven't finished it yet just because I've, I honestly haven't watched that much stuff lately. And I don't know why. I don't know yeah. why I'm not. I, I've said it before. I'm watching a lot of baseball. I've been watching the White Sox. They're quit, on fire. You need to quit wasting your time with that. I love it. I do like watching baseball. So Umbrella Academy, I'm still watching season two. Oh, you are? Okay. Um, I finished it. Did you finish the whole season? Yeah. And here's what I'll say about it so far is that I feel like not necessarily the production. I just feel like it looks better. I don't oh, know if the definitely like the, looks better. The sets and what they're doing. I think they got more money, and it's it takes place more outside. Yes, it looks so good. Yeah, on everything they've done, and I do like where it's headed. I like the story so far. Um, I I feel like it's far superior to the first season, even I though agree. I enjoyed the first season quite a bit. I would agree with that. Um, and we'll talk about it more when you finish it. But what episode are you on? Five. Oh, so you're th- almost done. Yeah. Is it's there only eight? like 10, I think. Eight or 10. Yeah, because I think la- the first season only had eight episodes in it, I think. Um, well, yeah, after I, finishing I, it, I will say I don't mind Luther as much. I was just going to say, Luther, honestly, I didn't think has been bad in this entire season no. so far. And I like five more. I enjoy it. It's good. It was a good season. Yeah, that's good because you kind of had not necessarily hate, but you just were not in the on board with the I just, first season. I wasn't into it that much. Yeah, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I really think this one's pretty good. I do like the well, this is kind of spoilers, but like how 
uh, Vanya doesn't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked that aspect of it at first, but we'll see where that goes. So You will indeed. Yeah, I enjoy it. I would say anybody should check it out. I do believe we do have a listener that was watching this. Um, wasn't uh, E. Fry watching Umbrella Academy? I don't know. Is that what she said? I think she told us that in um, Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Yes. Anyway, you got one? You got a one, got a one, got a one? Um, yeah, I started watching this documentary series. Oh, series, okay. Called Unwell hmm. on Netflix. And it caught my eye, and it's supposed to be basically about every episode's a different topic, and it's about different, like, I don't want to say, yeah, like BS health claims or like calling bullshit on certain like homeopathic this or that, blah, blah, blah. But it's not all necessarily health related. Okay. But the first episode, I believe it was the first episode, is about essential oils. Oh. And like. I got to watch that. And, you know, I was all for it because I freaking hate essential oils. Uh They drive me insane. I think most of the people that sell them are obnoxious. (laughs) I hate multi-level marketing companies and I refuse to buy anything from any of them, and I despise them with every fiber and, of my being, Jerry. Okay, here's my claim before you even get into it. I agree with you. I have hated this essential oil kick from the beginning. I've always thought it was ridiculous. I My sister was, in, was selling it. I think she still does, but I always told her to like, keep her snake oils away from me. Yeah. Um, I do understand how natural things on this earth can remedy certain ailments like you know like how peppermint makes your stomach feel better if you got sick like that's a real thing it does help some people um so i understand that some of this may help you but it's certainly not going to cure you of like an actual illness yeah and there are people that believe it will they talk about them in the show i mean the the thing i found though when i watched it i was surprised because it it does a very good job as a remember when you're in high school or college or whatever and you have to write a like a position report on something and you always had to give your opinion mm-hmm. the other opinion yeah the other side and then like a summary that the correct way to do it in like a formatted yes dissertation i should say um but that's not the right word but whatever and they did that in the documentary which i thought was good so they started out with like some of the pots i'm like here's why it's not really super bullshit and then, like, so here's some good things about it. Here's what they really do well. And, like, a lot yeah. of that has to go deal with, like, aromatherapy and how it can be helpful for certain things. And they say they're, like, a lot of it's placebo effect, but the placebo effect works. It's real. Yeah, that's it, it, If certain inhaling certain aromas can make you calm and whatever issue you're yes. dealing with requires calmness, then it doesn't matter if that is what makes you calm or the association with a thing Makes you makes calm. you calm yeah. because of you're focusing on that instead of focusing on your anxiety. And I agree. I think that is real. So there's certain aspects of it that I, I will admit, you know, as far as the aromatherapy route goes, and then it goes into you know people who ingest them, which is really dangerous, and you shouldn't be doing that. But there are a lot of people that believe you should ingest various essential oils. Any clinical aromatherapist will tell you to absolutely not ingest essential oils, which are highly processed. Um plant-based oil, mm-hmm. essentially, 
which can be really bad for you. Yeah. Because not everything from nature is good for you, people. Turns out. <laughs> anyway, um, and then they get into some wackadoos that, you know, believe it cures cancer and are making millions of dollars on with their blog, That's where it lifestyle all started. blogs, selling people garbage. So it was interesting. I enjoyed it. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was. It wasn't quite as interesting as I hoped it was, but it wasn't bad. I've only watched that one episode. The next episode's about tantric sex. Don't know anything about it. <laughs> You're going to find out. <laughs> I will find out. I mean, I know what it is, yeah. um, but I don't know why Sting. there's... I didn't know there was controversy about it. Sting so. is really into tantric sex. He's yeah. been very open about that. Like sing him tantric. Yeah. Like sing him a guarantee to satisfy. Tantric sex is like where you get into like this meditative state and go like beyond what you could ever feel as a human or something. Yeah, I don't even think you have to be with another person. No, you just like... Yeah, I don't think you have to be. You could be by yourself. But it's it's like more meditation than anything. It's meditative, yeah, I believe. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Well, I definitely want you to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> After you learn about I'm gonna it. I'm going to find out about it. I don't know what the other episodes are about. So um, apparently there's some cult-like aspect to it because that seems to be what this is about. Oh. How like um, If there's ever, ever anything I've wanted to get involved with, it's a cult. cult. Yeah, we like, should start especially. a Coke cult. That's what you were... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> um, you should start a cult. You can make a lot of money. Tomorrow. The cult of snarf. Yeah. I, we just got to promote it the right way. Yeah. You know, and get followers. Yeah. Well, like legitimate, like people to follow us. Apparently that's around. hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. All right. What else have you been watching? I got one other thing for me. Okay. I got one thing. This is the one that I really wanted to talk about and it's starting to blow up. More people are, have watched it. It's a short documentary. It's only 45 minutes long, so it's not, it's not hard to watch. And it was something that I just wanted to waste some time with. I didn't think anything of it at first when I saw it on Netflix, just kind of caught my eye because I've, I knew this was a thing. It's called speed cubers. Um, and it's about the Rubik's Cube, and it's about the competitions oh, yeah. that they have to solve a Rubik's Cube faster. So they have these huge meetups, right? Like really large worldwide meetups. And they this one is set around um, a meet in Australia. So it was, like, it was like worlds, right? So everybody in the world came to, I think, Melbourne or Sydney, Australia to compete for 2019's um, world tournament. And it was at first they based it around um, one guy. I think his name was Alex or Alec. And he's from Australia. I think he's originally from London and moved to Australia, but he lives there. And he has set all, he originally set all of these records. Every record in there's, uh, the three square or like there's the three, four and six cube cubes. Um, so they have one handed events, blindfolded events, and then just the events to solve those number of cubes. The original three cube is the one that everybody wants to be the best at. That's like the one, if you win that you could lose every other thing, but if you win that, like, you're the man. You are the best cuber. And so it's based around this first guy where he's setting all these records and done 
things that nobody's ever done, broken so many time records for speed cubing. And then it kind of transitions into the new generation and this other kid that came along from the U.S., um, and he's on the spectrum. He's he's autistic, pretty severely autistic to where um, what happens in this documentary is that it goes more in depth on this kid's parents and how cubing has affected him and where they've learned how to like parent him, like to actually be a parent to him being so far on the spectrum and then showing what this has done to help him become much more outgoing and social and, you know, become like in the, a social world. And they, the first thing on this that they noticed when they took him, the very first time they took him to an event, he was watching it on um, the internet and they gave him a cube and they noticed that he could solve it really fast anyways. And I think he was like seven or eight at the time. They took him to this event and the guy who was setting all these records, the guy from Australia that I was talking about earlier, he knew him. He knew of him setting all these records, and it was like Michael Jordan is in his eyes, you know? But he wasn't very social, and apparently a big thing is for people uh, that are autistic, they don't point and, like, recognize people and say, like, oh, that's the guy. Like, they just don't do it, and he did that. The first time they took him there... He looked at his mom and dad and like pointed to him like, that's, that's that guy. And so they immediately recognized like, oh man, like this is changing him. And so they kept taking him to these things. And eventually he started participating in them. And as he got older, he started setting his own records. And then the, the first guy from Australia noticed this kid is beating all of my records. And at first he was like, huh, who's this guy beating my records? Well, then it becomes, they become like best friends and they hang around each other all the time, even though they live, you know, in two different countries, they go to all these events, they meet up, he's very close with their parents, but he's still sitting back like, I need to beat this kid and get my records back. So there is a little bit of a competition there, but they are like so loving to one another and so supportive. And then you see how like the parents grow and it's just incredible. It's really? a really incredible what, what story. What is this on? It's on Netflix. Okay. What's called it called? Speed Cubers. Speed Cubers. I have not seen that. And it's just about these two guys, basically. And then about the 20, it's leading all up to the 2019 worlds and what they do. And the, I'm talking about they're solving these uh, cubes in under six seconds. Oh, wow. I mean, and they have both hands. How is that even possible? Exactly. It is amazing to see them move a Rubik's Cube around. And it's so mathematical because there's so many different ways to solve it. I thought there was only one way to solve it. Basically. No, there's like a bunch of different ways. And they, what they get to do, so they sit down at a table when it's their turn for their meat, um, and they give, them, they give them a cube, and all of a sudden they just like start solving this one just for like dexterity of their hands, getting their hands warmed up. And when they're done doing that, they set it down, and there's a... A towel over top the actual cube they're going to solve and they lift the towel up and they get to pick it up and look at it on all sides first and when they set it back down they can't touch it again until they start and then i don't i can't remember if it's a buzzer if they just say if they just have them go or if they just start and they start the time but like i said so they practice look at the cube set it down and then boom it's like 
and then they put their hands down. And if it's not completely, sometimes they don't get a complete turn on one of the sections. Doesn't count. That's like a, but you know, you get penalized for that. But if you've got it all completely turned and solved and set back down, then the time stops and that's your time. And they're literally getting before the uh, the guy from the U.S. that's autistic goes on. He's like, he just wants to get sub five. Like that's what he keeps saying, sub five, sub five, and he. He doesn't end up doing that, but it's just thinking like sub five seconds on solving a Rubik's cube. That's crazy. It's it's unbelievable to watch this and just see how they do it. And all day long, every single day, all each one of these guys has a Rubik's Rubik's cube in their hand, and all they're doing is solving them just constantly, just solving them and then messing them up and solving them. It's just something that they like, literally like eat, sleep, and breathe Rubik's That's- cubes. And it, but the story behind it on how the parents talked about their challenges raising their son and then realizing how this one thing can help him become actually social and, and be better. It'll be better for him in his life going forward. Um, and the mom talks about how, you know, at first he didn't even like recognize her like as a person that he sh- should be close with and ignored her all the time. And she kept saying, like, as a mother, I'm trying to do everything for him and he wanted no part of me. So all she started doing when he was younger is mimicking him. He'd lay on the floor. She'd lay on the floor. He'd do something with a Rubik's cube. She'd do it. And she just literally followed him around. And she said it was just like exhausting all day. She'd just be following him around. And eventually he like had this tent set up in his room and he got in the tent and she got in the tent and then he zipped up the tent and wouldn't let the dad in and just like actually paid attention to her and started uh, like playing with her. And she's like, Holy shit, it's working. <laughs> like, hmm. and it's just a really, really, really cool story. God, I really like it. It's gotta be so difficult. It, the patience and that these parents have with him is incredible. I, I, I just, m- me looking at it as a father right now, I, I do not believe I have the capability to do that. Now, I'm not in the situation, but... It's, it, it's crazy to me that I see things like that, it's what some parents have to go through. And then I think about the fact that, like, they still have to go to work every day. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you got a special needs child, and, and I know it's impossible to do this because there's people on the autistic spectrum that don't require as much, you know, that's why it's a spectrum, right? Right, right. But people that have severely um, handicapped children, like we should just be supporting them. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you know what I mean. Like I completely agree. It, it this really opened my eyes to something that I don't know much about, and it was the simple things. What blew my mind is the simple things that they talked about. That they were so you could see in their the parents when they were interviewing him, they were so excited about these small things that he was overcoming all through these years that meant so much to them. He's and they said the first big tournament he won. He was he didn't have a problem going up on stage and doing everything. The first big tournament he won, they stood on a podium and they gave him like a medal and um like a I don't know, it was like a plaque or something. But he was first and then there was a second and a third. It's the same like type of podium you'd see at the Olympics, you know, like one is higher than the other. But what the parents noticed that he did when he was standing up on this podium is that he was handed those things and he didn't, 
he was wondering how he should position his hands for the picture. And he turned his head and started looking at the other contestants to see how they were holding it. And he changed his position to hold it the same way as them. And they said he would never, would never have the ability to recognize other people or wonder what they were doing and mimic that he could not do it. And then all of a sudden that was the first time they've ever seen him mimic someone else because he knew he needed to be positioned a certain way for the picture. And they said they literally forgot the fact that he just set world records and won this tournament. All they focused on and all they were caring about was the fact that he's starting to recognize these things. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like it blew me away. I loved it. I think it's really great. I'll check it out. That sounds cool. I'm I'm gonna watch that tonight. Um, I did forget there before I get to my last one. There was one other one that I did watch. It was another documentary on Netflix. Oh, uh, a series. I only watched the first episode, uh, but I'll let you know because I I might keep watching it. It's called um, High Score. Just came out on Netflix. It's about video games. Like it's a six part documentary on basically the video game industry from the beginning. I don't know where it goes to. Yeah. I watched the first episode, which is about, I might have watched the first two episodes. It's about like Atari and Space Invaders. Basically, Space Invaders is like the main one. And then this company of guys that got together. And what they did was, at the time, when the arcades were getting big, big in the 80s, the problem is people were getting too good at the games too quickly. Oh, right. So with one quarter, they could play Space Invaders. All day. All day. <laughs> in fact, they have, they did this um, little bit on the Space Invaders like championship, world championship, mm-hmm. and or maybe it was the United States championship. And the lady in it's like, what they don't realize is that like a great Space Invaders player can play Space Invaders for like 30 minutes. A top level can play it forever. Basically, really, yeah. So they're like, they basically just had to like stop it after like two hours. Or like, one yeah. of the, there was five of them. One of them went out after like twenty minutes, and the other four just kept playing for five for two hours until the finally they're like, oh, okay, we're done. Holy cow! <laughs> and they must have had different scores or something. Yeah, then, sure. Anyway, so this company of guys, and I, I didn't really remember, um, all the details of it, but they basically started taking these arcade cabinets apart and reverse engineering them. And then they build in like patches to make them more difficult. So the first one they did it with was Missile Command. And so they made the game Super Missile Command and it was just harder. And so every arcade in the world wanted one because it brought the average playing time from like 20 minutes down to like two minutes. So they'd make more money. Yeah, absolutely. And they did the same thing. With, so anyway, they, they did that with Missile Command, I think was the first one they did. I think they did it with Space Invaders. Eventually, they get sued for like a ton of money um, because... Really? You know, they're just making unlicensed upgrades. Upgrades, with, you know. Yeah. And so eventually, they cut a deal with the companies or whatever, and they make um, Miss Pac-Man. So they make the yeah. upgrade for Pac-Man, and then they, they, they partnered with Midway Games, who made Pac-Man to make Miss Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. Um, and then these guys go on to make a bunch of money. But anyway, it was it's kind of cool. Um, it sounds neat. I it, mean, It's neat. I don't know. I ended up getting a little bit bored by it, uh, but I was also kind of in the middle of doing other things while I was watching. It was kind of out in the background. Yeah. So I'm going to keep it, give it another chance. 
And I think as it goes along, it gets like into more current games. iteration of games. So I'm sure the next episode will be like about Nintendo and all that. So it was interesting though, and I, I would watch it again. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I, I haven't seen anything about it. I think that could get pretty interesting. I think it was the number. Like it was, I just came out, and it was on like you know how they have the top one, two, three, four, five things on Netflix. Yeah, it was in there and like one of the tops. So it was it was really well made. So we'll see. The last one I watched, we really should be doing as a what do we call them when we do the Snarf Talk uh, movie reviews of the old movies? We, oh yeah, homework. Homework. Right? We should do this one as homework. So I maybe shouldn't talk about it that much, but I just needed something to zone out and watch, and there I couldn't really find anything. And on Netflix, popped right up is Starship Troopers. I haven't seen that in such a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what. So I I, I watched started watching that movie, and um, I had almost no recollection of it. Yeah, almost nothing. <laughs> okay, and it really surprised me because. It's a really weird movie, weirdly made movie. Yeah. Um, it's like weirdly high budget and low budget at the same time. Yeah, which is kind of that era. Yeah, some of the special effects at the time had to be super high budget. With all the bugs. With and the stuff. bugs and the spaceships and stuff. But then again, some of the stuff is low budget and the acting is pretty bad. But it's got a lot of famous actors in it. Like, yeah. not a lot, but it's got some famous actors You didn't in think it. any of the acting was very good? No. I mean, some of it's okay, but it doesn't really matter. Because it's a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, it's really pretty good. I really, it really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't think it got reviewed well at the time. I don't think it did well. But I actually really enjoyed it. And to be honest, for pure science fiction, it's it takes like the literal interpretation of what science fiction genre should be, really. It like takes a futuristic setting to tell a basically a morality tale. Or, you know, comment on culture yeah. using some future event to comment on social commentary. That's sure. what science fiction is supposed to be. Um, we don't really get that kind of science fiction anymore. No. But classically, much. that's what it is. And it's just a really interestingly made movie, A. B, like really, it's really interesting when it comes to what they're looking for today as far as representation in movies because across the board i mean granted it's set in the future but it's like very much like men and there's no distinction between men and women they no, they were like just co-mingling co-mingling showering together yeah it's just basically women are men being on equal level playing field but that that was because they were like in the military together though right i think in all parts of society though basically but oh. yes in the military they're unequal playing field yeah and um i i actually really really enjoyed it and we should have done we should do it as a snarf talk homework if you ever watch it we can do that we can talk about it more in depth but it's got some weird parts to it too where they randomly cut out of the movie and it's it's like a newsreel so you'll be like watching the movie and then it cuts out and then it's like it's like almost like a tv news channel and they like give you like highlights of what's going on. And then there's this, it's like there, it's like a computer screen and you, the, the guy goes up and he like clicks on like, would you like to know more? That's what they always say. They're like, they, they play some video clip and then there's a guy that goes, would you like to know more? And then they like click on another folder and it brings up like another news story. It's really weird. Weird. Yeah. I don't remember any part of that. Um, 
it's really weird. I, I'm I'm interested to see what it got for like what it has for like a Rotten Tomato score. Um, I mean, this is a cult classic that people really love. Ninety-seven. Is it a cult classic? I think so. I think it's pretty big. I mean, I know like on Fat Man on Batman, they talk a lot about Starship Troopers. I'm really surprised it hasn't gotten remade. Oh, it's um, it's your boy. It got a 64% critic score, 70% audience score. Hmm. That's not terrible. Um, but it's Paul Verhoeven, the RoboCop guy. Isn't that who did RoboCop? No, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, now so that, that, I think that makes it. sense because he, RoboCop it's is very similar. much sci-fi. It's, and it's similar to that. It is very similar to that. Um has fashioned a visually spectacular, morbidly funny comic book adventure. Yeah, it was based on a comic book, wasn't it? Um, that seems to merge the fresh-faced views of the Archie comics with the Save the Planet mandate of Buck Rogers. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, Denise Richards. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's in it. And Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. He plays oh, I didn't realize a, a decent-sized role. The main guy, Casper Van Dien. I don't know what else he's been in. He plays Rico. And the main woman, uh, Dizzy, is Dina Meyer. But there's a bunch of other familiar faces in it. And again, it's on Netflix right now. It's worth going back and rewatching if you like. Yeah, I definitely want to rewatch it. If you like uh, sci fi, it's fun. It's not that long. It's rated R. It's pretty graphically violent. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a lot of tearing people in half and yep, getting decapitations. And, and, um, but in a kind of a. I wouldn't want to say a fun way, but... Like, right. <laughs> I get it. Um, so give it a watch, and maybe we'll talk about it more on a Snarf Talk homework. Sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to go back and watch that, because I didn't realize it was that fun. I mean, honestly, I don't think I've seen that movie for... I don't think I've seen it since 1997. Years. Yeah, for at least 20 years I haven't seen that movie. So, yeah, I'll go back and watch it. But, uh, all right, so check us out on snarfcomics.com. Uh, you can email us at info at snarfcomics.com if you'd like. Uh, check out our social medias on Facebook. What, uh, what else we got? Instagram, Twitter, all at Snarf Comics. Of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. If you want to support the show, that is the place to do it. There are multiple tiers. You can give us from $1 to $50 if you want. But anything that you would like to put forward, we would appreciate. Um, and that's all I got, Chris. And I know I got a huge backlog of YouTube and Instagram and lots of stuff to do. I just haven't had time in the last several weeks to do it. And it's going to take me several weeks more before I can ever hope to get caught up on it. So Ooh, and sorry about that, but I'll do my best. We do have t-shirts. T-shirts yeah. and sweatshirts available for purchase. Get a hold of us and we will get them to you. They must have disappeared. Did you take them to your house? No, I don't have them. But you did have a big giant box here with them full of it. It's up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're here. We got them. Uh, we would really like to sell some of them. If you want to wear around some Snarf Talk swag, get them. Yeah, buddy. And get at us. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. See ya.